Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today, we are going to talk about the 2017 movie Coco. My name is Sarah. I'm the mom of a six-year-old boy. He's old now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He looks and- it, too. And when this comes out, I will be the mom of... She's just an adult now, and that's fine. And a 10-year-old boy and a 4-year-old boy, I'm... Wow. You have, like, kids now. You don't have babies anymore. No more babies. Mm -hmm. No, we're done with the babies. Mm -hmm. It's it's good and bad. I'd have babies forever. But but then they grow into children. (laughs) (laughs) So, this movie is actually the first movie that you and I sat down and talked about. We did this as kind of trial run back when the podcast was only a glimmer in our eyes. And It's been we... two years. Yep. Two years. Yep. Since... So, we sat down and we recorded ourselves talking about Coco to see if we could really make this work. And it went pretty well. But... We never but it wasn't a formal <laughs> but it wasn't a formal episode and there wasn't so we tried to re-record it but god that was a catastrophe it's because was... we tried too shortly after like uh-huh. we did it like that we, we did it and then like two weeks later we tried to re-record it and that mm-hmm. you just can't do that you can't no you it just, didn't work it didn't work you can't you just can't recapture lightning in a bottle like that <laughs> <laughs> So we thought for our 50th episode, dun dun dun, dun we would re-record mm-hmm. our very first attempt at a movie review. I, 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 think, I think it's been long enough yeah, that definitely. we can do this again. I think I, so. I definitely think so. Because I literally can't even remember what we talked about. Well, and the format has changed several yeah. times since then, frankly. We no longer talk about the actors, which is fr- a joy most of the time. <laughs> and we don't go note by note through the plot lines anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's not I even do the remember same in that episode, we called the flowers carnations, but they're chrysanthemums. <laughs> okay. I'm going to believe you. <laughs> they are. They're chrysanthemums. Chrysanthemums. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. That's what they traditionally use. Very Next important. marigolds. Is that what they are? Yeah. Is a chrysanthemum a Mexican marigold? Well, I think, see, I feel like maybe we did have this conversation. Because, um, let's see if I can spell it properly. Simpu... Yep. Mexican marigold. Okay. Simpus. Simpasus? Nah, I'm sorry, y'all. Oh, it looks like there's a whole bunch of different flowers that all have different meaning for it. But largely marigolds. The orange flowers are marigolds. Marigolds. We're still wrong. Well, I am, at least. Marigolds. 
All right, so this movie won the Academy Award in 2017 for Best Animated Feature and Best Original Song from a Movie. For Animated Feature, it was up against Boss Baby, The Breadwinner, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. So So no contest this year. For Best Original Song, it was up against Something from Call Me By Your Name, Something from Marshall. These are songs I literally don't know. I'm not even going to tell you the name because I don't know it. Um, And then Something from Mudbound. The only, I would say, actual contender for it that year was This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. Um, Other than that, I don't think the other movies were actually going to win. But the song that it won for was Remember Me. Yes. Which is written by um, Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez from Frozen. Okay. Thank you. That's. Also, they wrote the um, Agatha All Along from WandaVision. Do you know that song? No. It's been Agatha All Along. It's been Agatha. Okay. So I feel like by the time this comes out, We'll be far enough out oh, that yeah. if you're We're... still spoilers if you on one, heard... if you haven't watched WandaVision yet, I don't yeah. know what to say about it. Because... Or heard that song because it literally topped the charts for that like that week. It like yeah. made it to like the Billboard charts for that <laughs> the week. The Billboard so... charts, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's. We're just not a lot going on right now. <laughs> I saw a meme the other day. It was one year ago that we didn't know about the guy in Oklahoma and his tigers. And I'm like, it was it was such a naive time, it was. wasn't it? It was. I like watching all the um, like TikToks of like people comparing how they came home from the grocery store a year ago to how they come home from the grocery store today. And it's like and it's true. We were all like quarantining our lo- our mail for seven days in the Right. Because we didn't know. We didn't know. Because we didn't know. That's what we were th- that's what we were told we were supposed to be doing. I had so Spraying much Spraying all, of the, cr- all yeah. of the groceries. Oh, I will Jesus. say, though, I still wipe down my groceries because in wiping down my groceries, I realized how gross your grocery packaging is and how often you pick up a bag of chips, stick your hand in it, eat the chips, touch the bag, stick your hand in it, eat the chips, and go back to it. I don't know if I'm ever going to stop wiping down my groceries. So moving on with Coco. Um, Coco. Any notable actors you want to talk about? No, as always, really, I am still, every time I watch it, struck by how good Benjamin Bratt's voice is. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't do the singing in anything but remember me i know but even there even there so in preparation for this episode i watched um on disney plus they have there was a live coco concert at Mm -hmm. uh, the, the hollywood bowl um and so they do a lot of they perform a lot of the songs from it. it's actually really good you should watch it like the the staging everything about it the costumes it's just a really fun watch and they talk a little bit about Dia de los Muertos and like all that stuff but um I watched that before and you can kind of see he struggles with it a bit singing it live especially that last note 
Oh, wait. Because I don't think he sang that note in the movie. Like, the note before he gets hit with the, the bell, because he doesn't sing it live. No, because he does. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we go too much farther, I would like to talk about the bell. Yeah. And getting hit with the bell. Mm-hmm. And so, you obviously, you have the history here. You left a note. Let's talk about on-screen death in Disney film. Okay. So, you brought it up in terms of Chicharron, didn't you? That nobody died. Oh, no, you did bring it up in terms of Ernesto. Okay. It's it's Ernesto's death by the bell. Nobody dies. Like, I mean, and here's the thing. It's so exaggerated, and it's funny. I laughed. My husband laughed. Every fucking time I laugh. And and, and and my children laugh, too. We're laughing at someone dying yes, because okay. of the dramatic way in which it is illustrated. And I don't feel like that's quite been done in Disney. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Because I, I like totally this. misread your note, and I thought you were talking about Chicharron's death. But we can talk about that after this. Because yes. I agree. I don't think I can think of another comedic death in Disney. Um, when I was it's looking, such slapstick yeah. that we never that Disney Disney doesn't really do slapstick and in never its feature has. length films. It does no. do it does do it in like there's all those um, like goofy shorts and stuff. oh sure like, from back in, in the shorts day. right, right. Um, but in like its feature length films no it doesn't if it does do slapstick it's more of like uh, Laurel and Hardy like two player two guys playing off each other and like that kind of stuff. It's not like Who's on Serious first? Injury. It's not yeah. slapstick. Oh, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't, I can't think of another death like that. But I do find it interesting that when I interpreted your question as, for whatever reason, my brain read it as Chicharron, um, as the character. I mean, obviously I read it the other way. But I looked and I was like, okay, so I thought you were pointing out the death of a sympathetic character on screen. Because that's also not a thing that, you see in Disney. Correct. You never see sympathetic characters get killed on screen in Disney. They're all killed off stage. Like every parent that gets killed, everything mm-hmm. it all they all die off stage. Um, so when I was looking into that, I made the note that the only time you ever see any characters die on stage, it's villains. Villains mm-hmm. always die on you always see the villain die, you know? Um like, okay, so you see Scar fall, you see um, Gaston fall, you see... But you, you see know. them fall. You, do, yeah. I, I mean, there's something about the bell mm-hmm. falling versus yeah. the well, character falling. I mean, it's not like you see him falling. splat. <laughs> no, you don't see him splat, but and, the intent is so clearly... The, yeah. And it is, it's, it's funny. Yeah. It's... It's very slapsticky mm-hmm. funny in a way that always shocks me, like how brazen they are they about it. Yes. Maybe because it is the bell, so like he's you know you don't see anything because he's literally inside the bell when he dies. There you go. We <laughs> know he doesn't die the, the second time, and 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 that time we know he won't die mm-hmm. because we still haven't forgotten him in the mortal world. Mm-hmm. So he might be battered, but getting hit by the bell the second time won't actually kill him. It's Chicharron's death, which is the real death, and that right. that one is 
also very well done. It's very compelling the way mm-hmm. that he floats off into nothingness. So, again, to go back to Chicharron's death, where you don't necessarily see a sympathetic character die on screen, um, and that Mufasa dies on screen, sort of, but isn't he, like, already dead by the time Simba gets to him? He's dead by the time Simba gets to him. We see him, we see the wildebeest coming, Mm -hmm. we see him get pulled into Mm -hmm. the stampede, but we don't ever actually see, like, the, in, here, I'm gonna try and call it the live-action version again, that whatever it was, the 20... 1819 version 2019 of 2019 version of Lion King you do actually see him get a few wildebeest kicks mm-hmm. but other than that it's by the time we get to Mufasa he's mm-hmm. dead however so, that one's pretty but that's an animal death which mm-hmm. is somehow different than a human death so the chicharron death Reminds me a lot of when Bing Bong dies in Inside Out. It's very similar, mm-hmm. actually. They both mm-hmm. kind of, like, fade away, right? Into nothingness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's that was my point. But, yeah, normally you only see villains die on screen, so we all should have taken that as, like, a huge, like, well, now we know who the bad guy now is. Now we know who the bad guy is <laughs> because he's already dying on screen. <laughs> That is excellent foreshadowing if we were hip <laughs> to that thing foreshadowing. Yeah, right. Okay, so continuing on with Ernesto um, de la Cruz, one thing I noticed this watch through was, so we know that he kills Hector and steals his songs, right? So that's, I'm guessing, where Remember Me comes from. And is there are there others that we get like a good example of or no? I'm pretty sure that Poco Loco is is supposed to be one of Ernesto's songs. I think you're right. And I think that we don't, they don't actually say that, but there's this little bonding moment of, oh, you liked this song of mine. Right. With him and Hector. With him and Hector when they perform it. Right. So something I noticed when Miguel is um, watching the clips of Ernesto's, like, movies and stuff, mm-hmm. the songs in the clips from the movies are terrible. They're awful songs. And it was really apparent because I had subtitles on, so you could actually, like, I wasn't mm-hmm. super paying it, but, like, you could see the lyrics. So mm-hmm. I, I think what happened was he ran out of Hector's songs by that point. <laughs> so I think that it, it's difficult to tell from the songbook in particular, but you certainly can tell from the letters that what he wrote were lyrics, but in fact Ernesto is a natural guitarist, Mm -hmm. which means he probably didn't write the music for Mm -hmm. it. And I think you can tell that by the way that uh, Ernesto, or Hector's a natural guitarist, and Mm -hmm. Ernesto can't figure it out, Mm -hmm. and changed Remember Me. Right? Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be slow. It's supposed to be sad. Mm -hmm. Remember these sad guitars, but Ernesto can't play that. Right. He he jazzed it up. It became Mm -hmm. this pop song. And I think that's probably because Hector didn't write down the music. He just wrote down the lyrics. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. 
Mm. I, I think that I've watched this way too many times to be able to form that constructive analysis of this film. But yes, I, I believe <laughs> that is that is correct. And the thing is, like all Disney films, this is harder to do with movies that aren't Disney, but Disney is this well thought out, at least on the back end. So while you and I are taking these pieces apart, the animators and the designers and the authors had this very conversation yeah. as they were putting this movie together. I'm mm -hmm. sure that they did. It's just always so clearly thought of and designed right. in that absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, absolutely, I can say that without a doubt for the most recent crop of Disney movies. They have well thought out most things involving like backstory and stuff for the characters. And I think that's what makes Disney movies stand out at this point. Like, mm -hmm. think it's what gives them heart. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's... There's an actual book and a story, and they really spend time mm -hmm. thinking about those things, and it matters. It does. Like, even it as much as, like, um, Mama Imelda belting out La Llorona, and, like, mm -hmm. you, you can tell it's not just a musical part of a movie with musical numbers in it. It's meant to showcase that she had chops, like, she could mm -hmm. sing. And, I mean, she drops it all because of that walkaway musician. <laughs> and La La Rona is a really good example of how much care Disney put into the telling of this story in regards to Mexican tradition and folklore, right? That's a pretty... That song has a storied tradition. Mm -hmm. La Rona is a character that... Have has been frightening Mexican children mm -hmm. for many hundreds of years. Like there's, there's a real through line that they mm -hmm. pay attention to with this kind of stuff, and it matters when, especially when you're telling not an American story so much as a non-traditional other culture. Like it, the the details that they place on mm -hmm. that stuff really man it feels so much better than... so and in what is probably a less um oh i don't know well-meaning I, I i guess i'll say i don't mean it that it's like malicious but in less of a less re let's respect a culture way and more of a let's roll with what we already have to work with the whole feel of the movie on the night of Dia de los Muertos is very evocative of the Mexican pavilion in Epcot. Like, it's it's literally the exact... When you walk into the Mexican pavilion in Epcot, that's exactly what it looks like. And that's been there for years and years and years and years and years before Coco. And now they're taking that and they're putting a Coco ride into it. And so it's going to be a very simple transition for them because like it's already got the feel of that like the ride starts off and it's all in the evening and you like go through there's a restaurant inside the ride goes by the restaurant like I you could I could picture exactly how they would make that like into a cocoa ride it's not any stretch of the imagination and I'm sure just as much as Disney prepares like backstories for characters of they course. already knew that this was an avenue for them to use if this movie was successful mm-hmm 
And like down to like even the alabrijes. Am I saying that right? Yes. Spirit animals. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the alabrijes, the little painted animal figures. Um, those are a traditional Mexican artwork. Um, those have been sold inside of the Mexican pavilion for years and years and years and years and years, as long as I can remember. Um, and obviously now they're being sold like, and they have like a tie-in now, right? Right. <laughs> and and so while we give lots of credit to Disney for taking such care with culture, we also have to, I don't know, give whatever kind of reluctant commercialistic, capitalistic yes. props to Disney for being able to so cleverly tie this shit back into mm -hmm. merch, mm -hmm. which they will then make millions and millions of dollars off of. Right. Because this movie has commercially done well, particularly with the Mexican-American community. Sure. Right? I, yeah. It's representation. And because it was well done in that way, but now, now there's this added layer of mm -hmm. how, how much can we milk yeah. off of you now that you love this movie? And that, too, is always such a part of Disney. No? Hey, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> <laughs> the game that Disney probably created, right? <laughs> it's. I saw a meme. This is relevant. You know, have you seen the TikTok stuff? All of these parents walking around calling their kids 1400. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> but I saw a meme that was a little more on the nose. And it's not... It's $1,400 to Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. Like... It's Amazon didn't get any benefits. They didn't need to. Mm -hmm. All of us stupid people are spending our stimulus on Amazon. Like, <laughs> and the world turns. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Let's talk about, okay, family and food and tradition, because there is so much of that in this movie that I really do deeply appreciate mm -hmm. from the very beginning with Abuelita making Miguel eat more tamales, right? Yeah. It's just such... Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's that Mexican it, Italian it doesn't grandma. Even have it to doesn't, be a Mexican. It, it you doesn't know, you have can, to be a Mexican every grandma. Culture has That's that every grandma. grandma. <laughs> you get Jewish grandmas force... like that, Italian grandmas like that, yeah, Polish grandmas are like that. Those are just the grandmas that I have like personal interaction with. But they're yes, all like that. They're all grandmas food is universally. Love. Yes, food is love. And that is how. Especially maternally... something like a tamale. Mm -hmm. Because that's like a that's, that's an intensive a, a project, piece right? of work, right? Tamales take work. Yeah. They are not just something that you make every and day. So I think it's funny that like then our examples were all cultures that have probably very similar mm -hmm. meals that are that translate very well. You know, like you've got the homemade pasta in the Italian family with the all day sauce. Mm -hmm. And you have in like a Polish family you have a pierogi, which Pierogies. probably takes equal amounts thinking, of oh, yeah, work the, the as like time a tamale, right? To make so cause what we're talking about here is a lot of dough mm -hmm. and 
And then, then building. Rolling and mm-hmm. then building and then putting it together and then cooking. Mm-hmm. And this is often communal too. Yes, it's, right. you like, make a it's ton this, at all a time. of the mm-hmm. and it's all of the women in the family too. Mm-hmm. They come together, they contribute, they all have their own jobs yeah. in the kitchen around making the tamales or mm-hmm. pierogies or, or whatever it is. Or, or dumplings, you know, right. whatever. Everybody has that. Every culture has that kind of relationship with food and community, and it's been lost. Well, and because in a situation like a tamale, it it is like actually a physical manifestation of somebody's love for you, that they put the time and the effort into making this item for you to just eat it. Like it's not, it's going to, you eat it. And it's gone. You know, it's not like a painting that they have forever, but it may take just as much work, right? I would argue, yes, that (laughs) food, especially some meals like Mm -hmm. that, really do require that much labor and intensity and time. And yes, it is. It's a painting you eat. Okay. My husband's been trying to get me to make tamales for, like, the longest time. And I'm like, do you literally have any idea how much work tamales are? Also, have you ever seen me? (laughs) I'm, like, the whitest white girl from (laughs) (laughs) northern New York. Like, I I don't know how to make a tamale. (laughs) They're actually technically not hard. Right. But the quantity that Mm -hmm. you have to, I, I mean... Pork alone, if you're going to cook, it's a whole fucking pork butt that you yeah. have to cook and then shred. Right. And then, right? It's the sum of the parts. Like, the individual right. pieces are easy. It's just that you have the tamale, the dough, the the corn husks that you have to prepare in some manner. They have to be, they have to be (laughs) soaked and then they have to be patted dry and then you have to put it all together and then you have to fold them in a very specific way. And then they have to be tied. If you're not Mm -hmm. good at the fold, like steamed and then steamed. Yeah. And hide. I don't know how I would steam in quantity. Like I have one pot. (laughs) I could put maybe three tamales in. (laughs) (laughs) There is, there is definitely a whole process yeah. here, and but food is love. So because of that, he tells me I don't love him enough to make him. Tamales. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'm like, dude, listen, I'll make all sorts of things from scratch for you all the time, just not tamales. Just not tamales. <laughs> so I won't make them. I have. I live in the part of Omaha where most of the Spanish-speaking communities exist, so I know where all the good taco trucks are, but tamales you don't actually even buy from a taco truck. Mm -hmm. You buy tamales from an old woman with a cooler Mm -hmm. in the grocery store Mm -hmm. parking lot. Like, that's that's how you get the good tamales, is... Mm -hmm. The tamales I always had as a kid were ones that, like, my mom's co-workers gave her because they probably did, like, a family tamale-making situation and had enough and then, like, gave them to friends because food is love. And, you know, just like I hand out Christmas cookies. Like, you know, same thing. I think so much of this movie, for me, and the significance of it is 
how they weave the love in, right? Mm -hmm. Like, familial love can be rough. Mm -hmm. I don't speak to most of my family for various and assorted reasons, but this is what love should look like. Mm -hmm. So, I... uh... For whatever reason, I've watched this movie like a thousand times, right? We both have. Um, mm-hmm. This was one of the movies that at one point my kid totally like. Over and over and to. over this yeah. one. We watched was this played. one a lot. Yes. So um, this is the first time I watched it, and my takeaway was so this family all gives up music. There's no music. They never listen to music. They hate music, right? What about the in laws? Like. <laughs> You marry into this family right. and you, you don't have a problem into with this that. family with no music. So, I, I'm, I'm. Don't you think I'm, there would be like an uncle somewhere who'd be like, "Kid, it's cool. Here's a guitar." Right. <laughs> like, and 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 who, who has married in? So you look at probably, Abuelita. Right. It was the what's his name. I can't remember. At one point in time, we had like a family yeah, tree we did. for this. <laughs> when we did this the first time, we had a family tree. You're right. Um, and, and do you mean the uncle? Find it. The uncle no. in. Right. Okay. Julio married Coco. Okay. Okay. And. Then their children were Victoria and Elena. But then Franco married in. And Luisa married in. And Carmen married in. So, yeah. We're just all perfectly okay with no music ever. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. That's that is. I I was actually pretty struck by that this watch around too. Like how how it only takes just... a thousand watches before that's what you're thinking about when you're watching. It. <laughs> <laughs> how do you just voluntarily go? Okay, no more music. I'll just give it up so that I can marry into this family and make shoes. Yes, I don't know. That was I don't know. That either. was my question this go around. I'm, I'm I'm pleased that if nothing else, we both went to the same place. <laughs> I don't know. Shoes, shoes are. I do love. Abuelita throwing the shoe. Yeah, that, and that, hitting that, people with her shoe. And hitting people with the shoe. Now go mm-hmm. get my shoe. Yes, that's <laughs> just so stereotypically perfect. <laughs> oh, and Dante, we have not yet talked about the dog. I love Dante. He's. I love when somebody makes the comment, he looks like a hot dog that... <laughs> That rolled around the floor of a barber shop. <laughs> so, what's the name of this type of dog? Um, Sholo eats quaintly. Yeah, yeah. Sholo so eats quaintly. So that's probably I, wrong. That still <laughs> sounds wrong to me. But that's what the AKC says. Yeah. So, but that like what? What origin is that? It's Aztec. Type of a word. 
Okay. Aztec. So like like Quetzalcoatl. Like I don't. Uh-huh. I, there's a lot of those weird like, uh, not even normal for Spanish. No, because it's pronunciations not Spanish. It. It's right. A totally no. So that's what language. I'm saying. Like it's yeah. not. They may Mayan, yeah. Aztec. Yeah. They they all had a much different. Yeah. Tongue. It's a very, very. <laughs> tough word to pronounce and like so quetzalcoatl which i'm probably saying completely wrong is another uh mayan word and it's a type of um dragon i guess and it comes up a lot because i think there's something more to it than that there's other like importance to it but the only reason i remember how to say it is because there's an episode of bubble guppies <laughs> <laughs> i know which episode of it's bubble guppies you are talking pretzel about quaddle. <laughs> pretzel quaddle and that's pretzel quaddle because <laughs> that's the only reason i can remember it's quetzal quaddle Sholo <laughs> apparently is an aztec deity the god of fire and the escort of the dead to the underworld so yeah. they did actually yep. as usual do their research here on this one mm-hmm. i still to this day when we went to disney when this movie had just come out and my son was like obsessed with it um you know we told him you can pick one souvenir while we're here but like you might want to wait a little while to pick it we're here for a couple of days um, so we'll look around and we'll get at the end whichever one you want. And it, for a while, the leading contender was the um, Dante as an Alabrije stuffed animal. And I'm still sad that that's not what we ended up with. <laughs> like, I still think, should I get myself one of those? Yeah, I would have. I would have. <laughs> like, because so, he's, he's so, so cute. Yes. <laughs> with his little wings. I know, the little tiny wings and the stripes <laughs> and the green nose, like, man, I really, and and I like how, we've talked a lot about animals in and pets in Disney and how important they are to driving the plot, mm-hmm. and I really like what they did here in the way that he does not drive the plot in any way, mm-hmm. but is instrumental in making sure Mm-hmm. that the two of them end up together. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a nice little twist on on what they normally do with with pets, I think. And then the cat. Yeah. Yes. Ah, I love Pepita. <laughs> love Pepita. I just love that transition at the end when they're coming back from right she goes from the ju- i mean but that's true of all house cats yeah. no <laughs> that don't they all think they're big gigantic I flying panthers with wings i think I that they it. do dante as an elebrije is just dante with wings but like every other animal is something fantastical right mm-hmm. <laughs> like the pepita turns into a giant cat right but uh, dante is just dante with wings <laughs> well and so Hector has the little chihuahuas, which mm-hmm. are annoying, but they too are more dog-like mm-hmm. than not, right? They're they're more like chihuahuas than fantastical alabrijes, which proves that dogs are <laughs> a magic all of their own, no? <laughs> yes. 
Okay. What else? What else? Oh, I still have to... One of my favorite lines in this film is when they are crossing the bridge and Miguel says, It's all real? And... <laughs> <laughs> and she says, what, you just thought it was made up? And he said, yeah, I just thought it was something adults made up, like vitamins. But now I'm not <laughs> sure about the vitamins. <laughs> oh, like only a 10-year-old boy would just... Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't believe in vitamins. There's, there's, something, there's something suspicious about the vitamins. Right. Oh, <clears throat> okay. Finally, I think, again, we circle back to family. And for me, the biggest point, and, and the, the thing that makes me weepy, and that's mostly because of my own familial history, but I have to say I always love how they believe him, how mm -hmm. they believe Miguel, because what happens is a year later we have... All of the original songs in a museum, right? Mm -hmm. And it is, there's a tour guide. The same tour guide, so it's not paid by the family. It was the same tour guide who was talking about how wonderful Ernesto was before is now hanging out talking about these original songs written by Hector. And we've got the poems, but what had to happen in there, too, was very much Miguel telling his family the story of what happened to him. Mm -hmm. And clearly, they believed him. Right. There is no... I mean, they believed him so thoroughly that a year later, we're all now a musical family. Mm-hmm. We are talking about the influence of this musician on our lives. Mm -hmm. He's back and on the ofrenda. He's back on the ofrenda. And yeah, some of that, some of that would have gotten there because of Coco's letters, but only some of that. Mm -hmm. There clearly has to be a whole conversation about Miguel's experiences, where he went, how he met them, how he knows this stuff. Mm -hmm. And his family just believes him. I don't know. Maybe it's just my own personal experiences. But for me, that is the most miraculous part of this movie. Mm -hmm. The willingness to accept a fantastical story from a 10-year-old child as truth and then change everything about their lives because they did. Right. They're, they're a completely different family than they were a year prior. Mm-hmm. It's one of, such like, a Miguel, One of Miguel's cousins is playing a like a violin or mm -hmm. I don't know it might not be a violin it may be another string instrument I'm but we've very... got the cousin with the accordion mm -hmm. now right like everybody has embraced this idea of 
music being a part of the family. And the only way that could have happened is if they believed Miguel's story. Right. And yeah, yeah. for me, that's that's the most miraculous. And, and we don't even get to see it. But that is the biggest miracle. <laughs> is in family, we believe and accept and acknowledge and it may be fantastical but this is this is the thing that happened i don't know no i agree i think it's it's not the norm in children's entertainment that you see a family accepting of a story like that right away and and so clearly accepting of it that it, we don't even get to see it. It's just right. completely accepted that that is the transformation mm -hmm. that has been made. And yeah, I think this movie is beautiful on a lot of levels for a lot of different reasons. But I think that for me... Had I had this one as a child, it would have been very personally impactful. Mm -hmm. The We've talked before about how Disney has very subtly implied ways in which you are, tries to teach children the ways in which you are supposed to be treated. Mm -hmm. And this movie demonstrates how you are supposed to be treated by your family. Mm -hmm. It is a living model of what it should look like to mm -hmm. be in a f mostly functional family. We don't... There's a line where we're talking about what Hector did to Imelda. We don't have to forgive him, but we shouldn't forget him. Mm -hmm. There are just all of these little things about what a functional family looks like. Right. And I am deeply grateful to Disney for giving children who may not have that model at home a, a visual reference of what that's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because we didn't all get that. Right. And there I go. This movie is a full bore, five star weeper for me on a number of levels in a number of different places. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I cry all over this one every fucking time. It, like, particularly when Miguel sings at the end to Coco. That's just, right. oh, does me in every time. Yeah. Every single time. For me. Because. Regardless of how much I pay attention to the movie, the ending when they're playing, when uh, Miguel is singing that final song and they're showing the family getting ready for Dia de los Muertos and they show Hector walking across the bridge and then Coco comes and you see all the families and then they all dance and no matter like how many times I've seen this movie, every single time. I will cry at that part oh, of the yeah. movie. Even just that song will make me. Oh weep. yeah, like, it's such it's a just, good song. <laughs> it's 
I would really... difficult for me to put into words how meaningful yeah. that is and how grateful I am that mm-hmm. it exists conceptually for children who may not have that mm-hmm. representative. Yeah. For me, I, I just like the idea that there is a version of the afterlife where you can believe that your family members who are no longer with you are still with you one day a year. You know, like mm-hmm. I just really like the concept of that. I think that's a really, um, I don't know what the word I want to say is, but it's a really peaceful concept, I guess. Um, and I imagine in uh, the Mexican culture where they practice that, it's um, the kind of thing that gives people a lot of comfort after a loved one passes away. Um, I, and that's, that, to me, anything that gives somebody comfort after the death of a loved one, I think, is just like, you need The that. fascinating you need thing. thing about Dio de los Muertos is the parallels that it has to so many other ancient religions, right? Mm-hmm. Samhain is at Halloween. Mm-hmm. Dia de Muertos is celebrated uh, the 31st, 1st, and 2nd. Mm-hmm. It's a three-day celebration. But the Japanese also have a traditional yes. celebration and we've at talked this about, time. We've talked about all three mm-hmm. of those. Um, literally two episodes ago, when we did Song of the Sea, we talk about it. When we did... Um, Kubo and the Two Strings, we talk about the Japanese interpretation of that same situation. Um, and it all happens at the same, same time, time of, of year. year. Yeah. So I realize that I am exposing my witchy feelings here, but <laughs> I think that there is clearly something to be said there yeah. about the veil being thinnest when completely disparate cultures around the world are acknowledging that this is the day where we commune with the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or the, at least like, because it's always been difficult to pinpoint a day up until recent history, mm-hmm. just because you were going off of things like moon cycles and whatever. So like exact dating wasn't really a well, solid no, but science the... <laughs> until recent history. But the time of year. the time Timing of year. is, though, yeah. and, like, we look at Stonehenge as an mm-hmm. ancient calendar, we know clearly when equinoxes and mm-hmm. solstices are, and Halloween is what we call a cross-quarter, so it falls clearly in between mm-hmm. um, the autumnal equinox and the winter solstice. So, though we wouldn't have had the precise day, right. we would have more like the Mexican tradition, probably, ancient a a multiple day celebration festival but no matter day specific or not Mm. the time of year end of harvest right as we are transitioning into early winter Mm -hmm. that time is sacred and i think that we could all do with some acknowledgement of ancestral worship Mm -hmm. and what our personal traditions are and how to integrate those better into our lives Mm -hmm. and integrate our ancestors into our lives. At this point in time, it feels like they have a lot to say to us Mm -hmm. and we're not listening that well. Yeah. As like a fully 
American, no culture kind of person. It's something I really wish I had in my culture. Like, I wish that was something I had. This movie... So, Dia de Muertos, there is a specific day. The second day is for lost children. Mm -hmm. And sugar skulls are very specifically a tradition that we use to honor the lost infants of both those that were stillbirthed and those that were miscarried. Mm -hmm. When my son died, I exhaustively researched these traditions because Americans have nothing. Mm -hmm. We don't do anything to memorialize these lives that have been lost that for us are very significant, right? Mm -hmm. There's no... Japanese, and we come back to all of these cultures traditionally again, but the Japanese cemeteries still have a communal child grave mm -hmm. where you can go and leave something for little ones that have been lost. Mm -hmm. We've got nothing. Mm -hmm. And it it is detrimental to us as a culture that we don't remember and we don't honor and we don't celebrate what these people have meant to us. Mm -hmm. And it is always, I think, that's what I come back to every time I watch this movie. How much we've lost mm -hmm. in, in, in the ways of preserving those traditions. Right. And it's sad. It is. It's right. sad that that the melting pot of the world does not... Because when you come here, we kind of demand that you give up your traditions and adopt baseball mom and apple pie. And it'd be fine if the those traditions included more meaningful, deep conversations. I guess, and, like, so, individually, I think a lot of people have their own ways of um, remembering and honoring, um, whether it be, like, a dish, your grandma's old recipe, whatever. You're doing that in a way, but there's just no, I guess, formalized way. I'd argue yeah. no communal way. Yeah. And, yeah. and and that is, I feel, very mm -hmm. much emblematic of the problem. We don't have community in that way anymore. And mm -hmm. when we don't when we don't celebrate each other's losses in the same way that we celebrate their victories, we have only superficial relationships and it becomes very clear in times of crisis mm -hmm. like oh say the last year how easy it is to be not together communally at all because you are in fact the enemy and not family not mm -hmm. community and we don't have to put up with abusers and we certainly shouldn't tolerate actual criminal behavior but we don't tolerate difference mm -hmm. and that's and that's 
I don't know. That's what I have. You? Anything else? I'm trying to think if there's anything else in particular that I would like to talk about for this movie. I don't know. Um, I, a lot of the actors in this did both the English language and the Spanish language version of the film. Um, and you can watch the Spanish language version of the film on Disney Plus. On Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. It's good. That, it's, it's its own thing. Like, mm -hmm. it's not subtitles. It's not. No. It's a full production. Um, they did that with Song of the Sea as yes. well. We just which... talked about that. Yeah. Well, you we recorded that a long time ago. You probably <laughs> don't remember. But I, I do. But we just talked about that. In, our, in, in podcast time. Oh, the vagaries of time. All right, what do we got left? Um, do, 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 do. Would the kids actually do this? Absolutely, they fucking would. In, in a fucking heart, from beginning to end, everything that Miguel does, I can absolutely see even my 10-year-old doing. Yeah. So, uh, yes, a kid would do this. We have already mentioned the blubberability of this movie. So let's talk about age. Because when this movie came out, uh, my youngest was pretty young. Mm -hmm. I think it came out the year that he was born. But it's always just been, when he was very little, it was one of his favorites. Because it's so bright. Yeah. The color is amazing. And the music is fluid. And it moves well. Mm -hmm. This is such, like... Topically, I do feel like maybe it's for older kids. And again, you have Ernesto dying right out mm -hmm. of the gate. But I can't say a kid of any age shouldn't watch this because it's just so visually compelling. I'm trying to think. This was the first movie I ever took my son to in a theater. Um, and he was, he would have been... He would have only just almost been three at that point. But my son was not a normal three-year-old. He was, he's an old man. He was an old man by that time. So. He's always been a bit of an old man. Yeah. Though. And. <laughs> and we went to like the dirt mall and we were the only people in the theater. So it was like a very like low stakes attempt at his first movie. But we watched the whole thing. In the theater, and he loved it, and I think you're right. Like it's, it's got enough superficial to keep a three year old's attention. Uh huh. But they don't obviously. No, they're not the picking whole... up on the nuance right. of plot. But I really, again, appreciate when Disney makes a movie like this one, because those lessons layer over time. Like we've obviously noticed. After a thousand viewings, the the family or the the in laws willing to give up music, yeah. right? <laughs> but even for kids, like those lessons compound, and Disney yeah. has done such a good job with this movie and with some of their more recent ones. When you watch it over and over again, you are internalizing new and different mm -hmm. things each and every time, and so arguably you can start this one at any age because. The, the lessons they're learning here is what a functional family looks like. And, 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 and again, I think you can start that lesson at any age. Mm -hmm. And I think consistently across the board, that's how we feel about current Disney movies. They seem mm -hmm. to be doing a, a good enough job 
where... They're not perfect. They're right. not perfect. Mm-hmm. There are problems. But comparatively to when we talk about DreamWorks in particular... Right. This is hands down the, the lessons that I want my children to be internalizing. Agreed. This kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And with the movies in particular, mm-hmm. especially when they're going through that stage where they're watching them over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again from like three to five, and you're watching the same damn movie 12 times in a day, mm-hmm. I argue again, I'd rather them be doing this than Shrek. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Every fucking time. Yep. So that's mm-hmm. where we're at with this. Um, Halloween costumes with this one are a little bit dicey. That's literally how we started talking to each other. <laughs> and literally that is how we started exactly talking to each other. <laughs> what started this show. Because I, my kid wanted to dress up as Coco for Halloween. And I was like, is this okay? And we were, we were in like an online group together. And Briar was like, mm, probably not okay. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Moving on. So, no, I, your kid can't dress up as these characters. Unless you are Mexican or Mexican-American. No, I would, I would argue if you wanted to dress him up as Alibrijes, that would yeah. be fine. Yeah. But... The skull motif in particular, unless you are Mexican, I find that to be very appropriative. Oh, absolutely. I think, like, college girls putting on um, sugar skull makeup is the definition of my culture is not your costume. Correct. So... I agree. So you totally you, you can't you can't wear this Halloween costume, yeah. but you can go as Dante. Like if you want to, and if you want to dress your dog up as Dante, <laughs> go right ahead. But but no, that there this is this is where the line is mm-hmm. between appreciation and appropriation. Yes, it's sad, but it's true. So. Don't wear appreciate it in different. Don't wear the costume, but appreciate it in different ways. Watch the movie. Tell the story. Normalize other cultures' stories mm-hmm. as being worthy of being told on a regular basis without you having to take it and make it your own. So, I mean, I, I guess this is maybe an okay way to have taken the, the concept of this movie and applying it to our own, like, very white people lives. Um, this movie spurred us to get pictures of, like, our great, my, my kids, what would be his great-grandparents on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, great-great-grandparents on my um husband's side because he still has living great-grandparents on that side but anyways um you know generations back a few people that we talk about that he has never met it spurred us to get pictures of those people and put them in our house so that they are there build an ofrenda like (laughs) maybe not a stereotypical ofrenda but absolutely figure out ways to memorialize Mm -hmm. family if you take nothing else from this movie you should take away Mm -hmm. memorialize our ancestors Mm -hmm. figure out who we tell these stories for a reason so they're not lost so they're not forgotten and we should have a, a friend of mine got some family pictures taken and 
God, this poor woman. She's got the two babies on her lap. They're both yelling at each other. One of the kids is doing a thing over there. The other kid is sticking a tongue out. The look on her face is so clearly what you expect every mother to look like yeah. when she is in the middle of a family photo shoot. And I'm like, this is the one that you frame. Yeah, this because is the one that you don't appreciate now, but you appreciate but 20 years even from in now, like five years from now. You oh, yes. That. Yeah. Because those little people are will be gone. Yeah. You'll you'll miss those versions mm -hmm. of the they may have been absolute little shits that day. Yep. But even five years from now and definitely twenty years from now, those are the memories that you're gonna appreciate mm -hmm. having. So yes, from this take away, build a shrine, honor your ancestors, take the good parts. And, and really appreciate that in terms of your own legacy mm -hmm. and lineage and build from there for your own family. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Out of five. It's a five. It's like a five. Like a solid five for me. Like there's not even any question of it all of the moves. It even has enough music in it. I know for it's so rare that it not because it's not a musical and it has but, music all the way through. That's but always it does. my issue with Disney mm -hmm. musicals. They stop the music halfway through the movie. This one has music all the way through. It's just it's beautiful, so beautiful. Yep. All right, y'all. Thank you for being here for fifty episodes. We have just absolutely loved and adored this journey. Yes. I'm so grateful that we can still be here doing this and that you all are still here listening. <laughs> Even more of you now than there were two years ago. It's fantastic. Please feel free to pass us along and share us with someone else who needs to talk about kids' movies because they've watched them a thousand times and have complaints because that's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is what we are here for. And if you would like to call us with your complaints, you can do that at 402-885-4875. We are at Latchkey Movies everywhere on Instagram, Facebook, blah, 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 all the places. You can email us, latchkeymovies at gmail.com. And if you are so compelled to buy us some tacos, please do so at ko-fi.com slash briar. It's been, it's been a hell of a journey. I'm really, <laughs> really glad to have had you all along for this so far. Looking forward to another 50, right? Yes. We got another 50 in us. I think At so. At least. I think so. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Huh?